Hello, beautiful people. I'm so excited to share this conversation with my healer, Boston woman, Alex Bynum. I would also consider her to be a really good friend of mine. I'm able to be so vulnerable with her in so many different ways. She's such a light, and I'm so grateful that we met at a networking event. In this conversation, we talk bulimia, growth, fear, relationships, and so much more. Alex is wonderful. She has a location in Brooklyn, Massachusetts, and now New Hampshire. Enjoy, beautiful people. Hello. So I'm here with Alex, my healer. And I would like to say that we met at a networking event. And when you first said that you were an energy healer, I was really surprised and honored by your work because I've never, that was the first time in the Boston area that I've seen someone stand in their power, honoring mm-hmm. the healing work that they do. But I will have to say that because I'm skeptical, skeptical about everything, when I first came to your office, I was like, am I sure about this? I don't know. I don't know. So I do that with, I even do that when like the universe presents some huge sign to me. And I'm like, well, it's a coincidence. It's like, all right, I don't right. know how many coincidences I need until I just trust universal powers. But yeah, it's wild. Explain, yeah. I would, yeah, go ahead. Ask, ask explain away. your healing journey and what led you to where you are now and what you do. Well, I just want to piggyback off of some of the things you already said, because I I thought it was really interesting. Um, Healers have a really interesting job because the only person that can heal you is you, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a healer, but it's just like holding space and asking questions um, is a lot of times the the role of a healer. And so I, I do stand really confident as an energy healer because I've done a lot of training through an ancient lineage. And through that ancient lineage, I feel really confident that if a person comes to me for energy healing, they're going to get something outside of the box of what they may be used to. So a lot of people are used to like meditation, um, you know, have awareness about Reiki and chakras and things like that. But this is really going outside of the box and going like the energy healing that's offered really goes into different um, modalities from different cultures and things that have been around for thousands of years. So it's really unique. Um, in terms of my own journey, my own journey, I was kind of like you. So spirituality was the one place that I wouldn't go to heal. It was the one thing I wouldn't do to heal. I would do personal development. I would do podcasts. It all made sense to my mind. I would do workshops. I would do anything that like fulfilled my mind, but spirituality, that was too weird. And I'm from Tennessee. And so that was it was just a weird thing to do, to, to get involved in spirituality based on my background. Um, but I was also at a point where I was kind of desperate and I was just like, I know there has to be something else in life. Like there has to be something else. Like I'm missing something. There's a missing piece. And I did not know that I was going to find it in spirituality and energy healing. But once I just, actually my friend kind of dragged me there. So once my friend kind of dragged me to a a really powerful meditation and to energy healing, that's when I understood that that was like the missing piece that I was looking for. So I just gave you a lot. (laughs) No, yeah, that's awesome. It's, I really have an interesting relationship with spirituality because I trust it so much, but it's also so hard to surrender And I'm curious what that point was for you, the moment that you surrendered and you were like, okay, this is it. This is what is going to heal me. 
Yeah, I think um, I'm one of those people that has to really hit their head hard to learn. And I, yeah. I wish it was a more graceful process, but it's not. Um, so for me, a couple of things, you know, I hit rock bottom with an eating disorder that I had. And I just, you know, I really didn't want to be a prisoner to that for the rest of my life. And I, I just, when I hit rock bottom with that, it was like, I was willing to try anything because at that point I had tried so many things and was so frustrated that when someone mentioned to me, you know, you should see this energy healer. I was like, that is so not comfortable for me. and so not what I want to do, but I was desperate enough to do it. And then also, um, I share this sometimes in my classes, I had meningitis, um, I think like 10 years ago, I was the only case in Massachusetts. They don't know how I got it. Super random thing. Um, but when you have meningitis, your spine kind of freezes up. And so uh, I was in the hospital and, you know, you can't really move with meningitis because your spine is, is, is not paralyzed, but it's, it's kind of stuck in a certain way. And I just remember like, that's what it took for me to surrender was literally not being able to move and laying in a hospital bed. <laughs> So I don't wish that on other people because I had to learn the hard way. Um, mm -hmm. That was what it took for me to really wake up and like, like snap into consciousness that like, Hey, like life is short We're we are going to exit in, in, we are going to exit this life at some point. Uh, life is usually very quick. And what do you want to do with it? And so I was in my twenties when I was laying in that hospital bed being like, wow. Yeah. Like, um, you know, God, please use me or God, you know, let this be over because I'm just suffering. Mm. For people listening, can we talk a little bit more about what the eating disorder was, what that looked like for you and how it controlled your life at the time? Yeah, the eating disorder is really intense. So I had that since uh, from a very young age. I had great parents, um, but there was just, you know, I was just a kid and things were stressful at times and things happened. And so in order to control things, right, I started controlling my food at a very young age at eight. Um, and that just, I mean, that was just my identity for about 20 years or so. Um, and, you know, it started out as anorexia where I just wouldn't eat anything because I felt like that was, um, it gave me a sense of control. It gave me a sense of um, help, like being able to, I know it sounds weird, but being able to, to help people by having less. Um, and so it started out in like a weird kid mind and then morphed into seeing a girl throw up in high school in the bathroom and thinking that was a good solution because then I could eat and um, just throw it up. And so that bulimia stayed with me through college. And then after college, I moved to Boston and um, I was still battling it. So I was still battling the um, anorexia, anorexia and bulimia and I really wanted to get rid of it and I really did a lot of work but I was still frustrated that it was still that I was still a prisoner of it like I wasn't healed from it um, and what I mean by that was like I wouldn't necessarily throw up or I wouldn't necessarily not eat but I it, it still ruled my mind like it didn't mm. have it felt like it had power over me like I I wasn't in, I didn't have power over it um and I didn't want to wake up like that for the rest of my life. With the bulimia, did you go to any special facilities that are specifically towards eating disorder help? Um, in college, I saw um, I had to go to this woman and she created a nutrition plan for me. Um, and that, um, that, I mean, it helped for a while, but then I would just veer off of it. Um, so I did see like specialist for it. Um, I didn't get my period till I was 17 years old because um, I was very skinny. Um, 
so I, it was just always something that was part of my life. And I did like a 12, I did the 12 step program. Um, I did all kinds of things to, to try to combat it. I was in therapy. I was taking different supplements and, or taking different medications and things like that. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was an intense thing. What was the moment that you realized that it was out of your system? I know that you mentioned that when your friend dragged you to a spiritual event, something transformed for you. Was it specifically about bulimia? Um, no, the moment I realized I was over it was about six months after I'd taken a course. Um, it's a course you've taken, the Empower Thyself Initiation. And I did the rituals from that course twice a day, every day, even though I wasn't I didn't know why I was doing them. I just felt like, you know, other people say this works, so I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I remember I woke up one day and I just went through the day. I didn't think about food. I was just, you know, eating what I wanted to eat and just enjoying my day. And I got to the end of my day and I got really like teary and, and realized I had just spent a whole day where food wasn't in control of me. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't in my mind that day. I was just living my day. And that was how I knew that true healing existed because it, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't there anymore. It just didn't control me in the same way. Like I had beaten it in a certain way. And ever since then, it's kind of like, it just doesn't control me in the same way. Like I'm just not, it just doesn't have the same power over me that it used to. And that was, like I said, that was how I knew that true healing existed because I always knew that you could band-aid things. Like I always knew you could do better with things, but I never knew you could actually get over things. Like I never really understood that concept that like, no, you can heal from this and move on to something else. And that was how like energy healing really sealed the deal for me because it was like, wow, you can actually like fully heal from an issue and move on to your next challenge. For someone listening who may be struggling with bulimia, do you have any advice for them? Call me. <laughs> Call yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to your development in spirituality and your career in business now, has it been hard for you to have relationships? I know you have an amazing boyfriend now, but throughout that journey, was it challenging? And I'm also asking for myself. Um, you mean romantic relationships? Yeah. Relationships in general. Um, yeah. Romantic relationships, they're always, uh, they tend to be a lot of a point of a lot of pain and pleasure for people, right? Because your romantic relationship is going to be the mirror closest to you most of the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, by that is the person that shows you uh, where you're not fully healed yet. So it can always be a challenging relationship. So uh, throughout my spiritual journey, I was with uh, two, uh, I had two significant uh, men in my life. Um, and then now I'm dating my boyfriend, but there were two significant figures and all I can say about them, like it almost, I know most people don't feel this way about their exes, but I really, really love my exes. And I just mm. like, they were such the teachers that I needed and my soul chose them. And I, and I know that confidently, and I haven't always been like this. Like, of course there were points where I was in pain or I hated them or I thought they were jerks or whatever, but I really can see now that that person was there for a period of time to teach me a lot about myself. And one of my first, uh, I've been in a couple long-term relationships. One of my first long-term relationships, like that person really understood how important this work was to me. And even though we were fighting and even though we weren't getting along, like he was there and he was helping me um, to build my business and he was helping me and watching me grow and thrive. And that was just such a, just such a beautiful teacher at the time for me. Um, 
where I really learned a lot and I learned a lot about self-worth in that relationship. And then the second relationship, um, that was also very, um, it was also very difficult because I understood that it was coming from a place of inner child, but then working through those, those wounds with another person and just seeing um, what within me was still holding on to things from my past. So whenever I talk about my exes, I just, I don't know, I just, I just love them so much and I'm so grateful for them. And, you know, one of them I talk to, one of them I don't, but it doesn't, they're just um, really like, they've just been important figures in my life. And now I have a boyfriend now and it feels more like a higher self to higher self relationship. And that's been really amazing because it shows me the growth where it started out as like, you know, working through a lot of wounds. And then now, of course, there's still more to work through, but it's more, he's bringing his higher self to the relationship and I'm bringing my higher self to the relationship because we've both done a lot of healing work on ourselves. So. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you operate every day from a higher self perspective or do you have to get yourself there when you wake up in the morning? Yeah, I, I think at this point in my life, I operate more from the higher self than I do from the lower self, but mm -hmm. I don't want... I don't want people to be fooled by that because it took a lot of work. Um, it takes a lot of work to heal and to really embody the higher self. And so because I put in the work, I feel like I live way more from the higher self than from the lower self. I still have days where I wake up and I call my um, negative ego, Tiffany. <laughs> mm. I wake up and Tiffany is ready to go. Um, but I do have rituals and things and meditation and ways to, to control that and get back into the higher self. And it may take me an hour to get back to my higher self. Whereas what I, um, what used to happen to me without energy healing and without these tools is it could take me weeks or months to get back to my higher self. So it was really wanting to like be able to just embody the higher self efficiently and quickly so that I could be in my purpose versus having to wait for something outside of myself or something external to help me to get back to that place. Has your purpose evolved or do you feel like you have your whole life planned for the moment that you're in now like do you feel like understanding your soul purpose has been a journey or has it already been set for you all along interesting so in terms of soul purpose, uh, I've just, uh, I've always been a helper. So I've always been one of those people that's hel had helping professions. So in terms of like soul purpose, um, I think I've like known from day one that I'm here to help in terms of what that looks like. It's always evolving. Um, so I know for sure that this energy healing work is something that I want to share with the world and continue to share. But like this month I opened a healing center and, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And that was not planned. That was not like, oh, this is what I'm doing this year. I'm opening a center. It was like, no, I was, you know, in meditation and doing my energy healing work. And that was the next step presented to me. And so I had to act on that courage and, and act on it. Right. So we always have choice. I could have chosen not to do that, but it was in alignment with what I needed to do for my purpose. So I went ahead and acted on it, even though I wasn't planning on it, even though that wasn't, um, uh, something that I was looking for or asking for, but yet by following that, that sign or following that, um, guidance here, here I am in a different place this year. 
in order to connect deeper to yourself, to understand the truth of the guidance, do you get still? Or what are some techniques that you use to connect deeply to yourself, to connect to your truth? Yeah, I think there's many different ways. Um, I use meditation. There's a form of meditation called sanctuary meditation, which is for working with your higher self that I know you've experienced. I use that. Um, I take, I'm part of this program called the Universal Kabbalah Program. And in there, they have different tools and meditations for leading you into greater alignment and what next steps are. And so, so it just becomes very obvious um, at a certain point what the next step is. Um, even with my boyfriend, like it, it was just very obvious to me that he was the person, the best person for me to date, um, which sounds kind of weird, but it was, uh, through, through the spiritual work that I do, it was like, oh, this is, this is my next step in terms of learning in a, uh, through a romantic relationship. So, uh, I just lost my train of thought. What was the question again? Yeah. So understanding to connect deeper okay. to your truth, to knowing the next step. Because there's so much chaos in the world and things yeah. that can confuse and, oh, this sparkly object there and here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the sparkly objects are very sparkly <laughs> and can definitely uh, create distractions. That's why tools are really, really important because you can think, I mean, you're going to learn no matter what, but, you know, having the right tools so that you don't have to suffer as much and so that you can really embody your higher self, like we're talking about is super helpful. And so I've just used, you know, things like meditation. The, there's a program called the universal Kabbalah program, the rituals from the empower thyself initiation, which you've taken and those mm -hmm. kind of things. They, they just really keep me on track. Uh, prayer and gratitude keeps me on track. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's not, it's not easy. You know, one day I'm just, you know, going, I have, an office in Brookline going to Brookline. And then all of a sudden, you know, my guidance says you need to open the center in Portsmouth. Like, okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's like, it's not always easy. It's kind of like, you know, having to stay open and having to be willing to, to take those risks. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like by taking the risk, it takes you higher to, it connects you deeper to your higher self because then you step out of fear and, a step into love. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say so? Cause you took a risk, right. To, to go to uh, Sedona right now, yeah. go to Sedona and, and do what you needed to do for your soul's purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's all the challenges that come up beforehand. Right. And then it's like, well, are you going to do it or are you not? And, you know, are you going to let the challenges stop you or are you going to move forward? And so anytime you actually get through the challenges and move forward, it's usually a breakthrough and then you grow to that next level. Mm -hmm. It's what I've experienced or what I've seen. So there's the discomfort of having to move towards something, even if it's a good thing, right? Because it, it takes you out of your comfort zone. So there's like the discomfort of that. And then if you can break through those challenges, those whatever comes up for you in your ego, time, money, um, resistance, whatever it is, Right. If you can break through that stuff, then, you know, on the other side is, is usually victory. Yeah. It's really amazing because the last really inspiring session that I had with you was it brought me back to my inner child. And as always, 
I know and I trust the work that you do. But of course, going into it, I there's like 1% of skepticism. And I wasn't sure if I was going to proceed with the healing that we were doing. And I remember laying, doing a session with you and connecting so deeply to my inner child and seeing her play in a field with butterflies all around. And it was such a profound experience for me that it blew my mind. I couldn't believe that that happened. It was really yeah. incredible. That's awesome. I'm so glad you had that experience. Me too. It was so important for me. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be a part of ourselves that doubts the light. And that's, that's just a normal part of being in a, in a physical body. There's, al- there's always going to be a part of you that doubts it. So it's really just the ability to, to let go of the doubt and move forward. And usually something amazing will happen. You know, you had that amazing experience after that, after that session. And, you know, every time I do the same thing, every time I break through the resistance of I can't or whatever the, whatever the issue is that comes up. Um, and break through it, it's usually something amazing like that where I can't deny the results or it's just so magical that I need to tell everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can people find you? It's always so amazing to connect with you and it's so good to see you. Yeah. Um, so if you want to find me, my business name is Empowering Path and the website is empoweringpath.com. And I have two locations now. One is in Brookline. Um, which is where I saw you, Elise. And I just opened up, like I was talking about in the interview, a center that's in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and it's really beautiful. And if you have any friends in the New Hampshire area, uh, send them my way because we just opened and it's an exciting time. And I would love to meet some, some new people up there. I actually have a lot of people in New Hampshire. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Ice cream guy. <laughs> really? <laughs> Maybe we should send them for some healing. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. I am so excited to visit New Hampshire. I'm so excited to connect with you. I love the work that you do and you are such a light, especially in the Boston area. Thank you. Enjoy Sedona. It's really good to see your face. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation, please do me a huge favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews make a huge difference. Additionally, I'm going to leave a Patreon link in the bio for this episode. All donations welcome. Also, I will leave Alex's information in the bio as well for all of her healing centers. Have a beautiful day, beautiful people.